Man, internet issues be damned. We made it. I'm gonna tell you what's funny. It's, <laughs> it's four. It's four people. We, on the every show one of tonight. us got a one something going on with the internet. John is lagging right now. I don't know what's happening with mine. Dave is, is like echoing, and Will is all over the place. All four of us are having issues simultaneously. Out of your fucking mind. You gotta love it. Oh man. So hopefully we'll see how this goes. If it's just not working, then we'll just have to do the show another time. But anyway, guys, we got 10 days until the Falcons are playing regular season football in the bins against the Pampers. And we do have a couple of great guests tonight to help us preview the season and talk about all things Falcons. So let's go. Mike, you ready? I'm ready. Let's go. And welcome in to episode 122 of Out of Your Falcon Mind, Atlanta Falcons Fancast. My name is John, your host, hopefully not lagging, I can't tell, uh, coming to you uh, from the in-, in the Clutch Studios. Make sure to use the code Variety Sports and get 10% off your purchase at intheclutch.com. And joined by my co-host, Mr. Mike Cottrell. Buddy, how are you doing? I'm doing well, man. I'm doing well. I just posted for the first time in months on TikTok and all that i'm doing well uh before we even start the show i gotta say that again uh i want to reiterate that i want to thank y'all for rocking with me over the past few months man i've been going through hell on earth uh it's things i cannot talk about on the podcast i just don't talk about it's very personal to me but uh shit just really hit the fan about two weeks ago for me and it's a it seemed like like a rainbow came right after so i just appreciate you guys for always rocking with me and uh Man, I've been hurt, man. I've been hurt, hurt, just going through a lot, man. And I, but I really appreciate because y'all always make me feel good. And uh, I'm bouncing back, man. So I feel good. Just stick with me and I'm going to turn it up. It's football season. I love it. I'm happy. I'm happy. I'm happy. I'm excited. So thank you guys. I appreciate you guys and I love you guys. But mental health is a very real thing. I encourage anybody, man, if, if you don't feel well, man, man, fuck a podcast. If you don't feel well, man, fuck scoops that your mental health and your sanity comes before anything. So I understand like your job, you gotta go to work and everything, but, but after that, your mental health come before any hobby or any passion you got. So take care of yourself, because me taking care of myself is the only reason I haven't gone insane. So thank you guys. And of course you guys, thank you. And especially man, Birdo, man, Curry, and all the usual ones, man. I, I really love you. And, uh, Yeah, man. Glad uh, glad you're obviously doing better, man. That's, uh, I mean, I know more than most people do, but that's, yeah. again, man, that's between us and you, and that's it. But, um, yeah, man, just glad you're doing well, of course, buddy. Um, but, uh, yeah, and let's go ahead and bring in one of our guests. Let's go. Mr. Will McFadden from the What's up, guys? I'm uh, excited to be here, Mike. That's, uh, I, I'm glad you're doing well as, as well. Um, I, I'm very much looking forward to talking football with you. Get you excited for the season. So, yeah, there's a a lot to be excited for this year uh, in Atlanta when it comes to football. So let's get into it. Thank you guys so much for having me on. For sure. Happy to have you. Yeah, absolutely. Somebody. Yeah, man. Am I still lagging, by the way? 
No. Yeah, I think we're all caught up. All right. That's amazing. Okay, because, you know, we pay a lot for internet for it to suck. So that's really, I'm glad it's coming through good now. Um, So, yeah, I mean, we, uh, man, we've listened to you and uh, read your articles for a long time. So, I mean, it's it's awesome to have you on the show, buddy. And uh, we've got Dave from the Falcoholic will be here in a second. Like Mike was just saying, he was echoing like a mother a few minutes ago. We could hear everything that we were saying through his speakers. So he's trying to figure yeah. it out with a different laptop, but uh, he'll be here shortly when he does. So, um, buddy, we just surpassed 800 subscribers, man. How about that? Hey, out of congratulations. your congratulations. Thank you, guys. That's what I'm talking yeah, about. Man. It was very cool. Just... Good to come on. I love y'all. We... Thank you. Yeah, man, we were we were close right before the show. I just put it on Twitter. I was like, hey, can we get like four subscribers before the show starts tonight? It'd be great. And then, yeah, man, folks came through and subscribed. It was awesome. Um, I, I do have to plug Variety Sports Network. They're the kind enough to be the ones hosting us on this platform. Uh, and shout out a few shows, man. Saturday Showdown, if you guys are college football fans, they actually come on right after our show is over with for the most part or, or maybe a little bit at, near the end they'll be on. But you can always catch the replay on Variety Sports if you go subscribe there. Uh, great college football show. They just started up this year. Uh, then Talking the Gridiron is back, which is a Sunday night, late night football show because most of the guys, the NFL um, podcast, uh, most of the guys are on the West Coast. So it comes on later for us. It's normally around 10 or 11 o'clock, but also make sure to hit that up. Um, and if you're new to the channel, man, welcome in. I, again, I hope the stream stays good. Most of the time, we're great. Only thing that happens is Michael Freeze at least two times the show. Uh, but <laughs> Most Mitch of the time, McConnell, we're pretty, right? pretty good. I don't know what's going on tonight. <laughs> very, very much so. I don't know what's going on tonight, but it's uh, hopefully it'll just get worked out. But um, but yeah, we've got uh, – anyway, if you're here, man, hope you like the content. Hit the like button for us so more Falcons fans can find us. Uh, hit the subscribe button so you get the notifications when we go live and when we post videos, all that good stuff. And if you're listening to us on iTunes or Spotify or any other – podcast provider drop us a five-star review so we can keep growing on those platforms as well we very much appreciate that we do have merchandise mike that's a good looking tv you got there buddy um we do have merchandise at bonfire.com backslash out of your falcon mind uh and we just i just started this up uh september is uh one of the months where the all-timers alzheimer's awareness month and uh we are selling the purple out of your Falcon Mind shirt. You can get it in men's, women's, whatever. And all the and the part, portion of the proceeds uh, will go toward Alzheimer's research development mm-hmm. uh, to try to find a cure for that. Um, some of y'all know I lost my father to that a few years ago, back 2017. Mm-hmm. Not something you want to see anybody go through or have a family member go through. So again, something we thought would be cool. Throw it out there. We'll, we'll do. We're going to have some more charitable type stuff coming up. Um, mm-hmm throughout the year as well. So we just figured we would uh, have that one out there. It's just, like I said, all purple shirts. So so, uh, you guys can support us and support a great cause all at the same time. So uh, feel free to do that. We very much appreciate it. All right, guys. Actually, Will, Mike and I talked about the 53-man roster. What, what, uh, we'll just get into the start. We'll just start there. What did you think about the 53-man? Anything surprise you or not surprise you or what was your thoughts? Yeah, you know, I I think for as much as this camp was competitive and we saw uh, some camp battles change from where everything started off at the the beginning to where things ended up. And you saw guys like DeMarco Hellums, you know, earn their way over a player, maybe like a Mike Abernathy. And, you know, at the beginning of camp, we were talking about the left guard battle, which ended up not being one, unfortunately, due to Matt Hennessy's injury. So as things kind of played out, two things were were true at once. I I think that it was clear that this was a very competitive camp and that these cuts were going to be hard. But I also think that 
when you saw the list, it wasn't too, too surprising. You know, there, there were certainly names on the initial cut list that I were surprised to see, like Parker Hesse, like Timmy Horn, solely because I, I definitely thought that they, like Parker Hesse, for sure, based on what he did last year, like he's, in my opinion, a, a glue guy for this offense, um, just in the versatility that he has. And, and I mm-hmm. think that he's a little bit of a, a key cog in just the way they move stuff around. So I was surprised to see him there. Timmy Horn, the way he played and just the size that he brings to a defensive line that has gotten a lot bigger um, this offseason, I thought that it made sense for him to stick around. And so seeing their names, it was a little bit surprising, like I said, but I always felt like, okay, if they get through waivers, they're coming back. Like this isn't goodbye. And and that's what we saw. And we saw, you know, a guy like um, Natron Brooks, who I really liked this preseason making a lot of plays in the secondary reminds me a little bit of like a poor man's uh, Devin Witherspoon in terms of his attitude and, and just the, the tenacity that he brings um, kind of both as a tackler and and, in coverage. And so these guys that I really liked all kind of came back. So in that way, there's not really like a true, the, the cuts kind of happened before this cut down, right? It was Michael Walker being you know sent away it was yeah. Jalen Mayfield beforehand it was you know Frank Darby like going on injured reserve it's these were the players that were I think along the way a little bit more surprising than anybody we saw on that uh, final cut down I love it yeah I would agree and uh just side note Jalen Mayfield did get picked up today by the Giants uh so he actually yeah. may fit a little bit better there because they do run a gap scheme. Yeah. Yeah. They run, they run a gap scheme there. So maybe a little bit better uh, than run the outside zone as we do here. Who knows? I mean, I hope, hope the best form. Obviously it wasn't a, a fit here, um, but Hey, let's see if Mr. Dave is going to be. <laughs> Dave, what up? Dave, say something, buddy. Uh, <laughs> no echoes. You're good, Dave. Oh, thank God. Sorry. Yeah. That's perfect. We, don't, we do not hear ourselves. That's great. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This was. Uh, you have to go to your third I'm laptop. Work all all day. I don't want to be on, and everything works perfectly. But I, I go to show up here, and I got problems. So that's great. I love it. <laughs> Thank you for coming, Dave. It's all good, man. Good Dave, man, thanks here. for coming back. Yeah. yeah, man. Absolutely. Yeah, I think I think this is your third third visit, right? I think sounds right. I think so. Third yeah. or fourth? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, third or fourth. I think it's a fourth. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think I was back here at like it? what episode? I, mean, I don't remember, man. It's been a while. Man, Dave, the third host of the show. Yeah, might be right. Yeah, it might be right because we had. I mean, you were nice to come on when we had like three viewers. So, yeah. Yeah. No, for sure. Uh, Well, Dave, yeah. Yeah. Well, Dave, uh, let me get this. His thoughts on the 53. Because I just got to ask. I'm so curious. Go ahead, Mike. My man, Will. What is Yo. that behind you, man? I see two things. It looked like a Home Depot uh, apron and a is that a football in a case? That's you are two for two. There you go. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> see, <laughs> why do you have that? Why do you have like the Home Depot small? Well, my wife works for Home Depot. Oh, that's uh, okay. Arthur there, Blank. Yeah. <laughs> there, yeah, the Arthur Blank family. So I love, of it. course, yeah, got to represent. I love it. Got to represent. That's great, man. All right, Dave, your thoughts on the 53, buddy? Anything surprise you, stand out, shock you, anything like that? Uh, you know, besides, obviously, uh, we were all mourning for Parker Hesse there for a little bit. 
That uh, was a tough one. Um, but I think, uh, you know, for a roster that w was tough to make, um, the fact that only Hesse and, and Timothy Horn really surprised me um, as cuts is fairly surprising. I, I think it, it unfolded pretty predictably. Like there was a lot of angst all spring, all summer about starting quarterback here, who's going to be the swing tackle there, et cetera. And everything kind of played out, I think, the way most of us expected. Like I think if you looked at 53 man projections coming into it. Yeah. Everybody was off by like two or three guys and that was it. So mm -hmm. I think that's a testament to how obvious like the best guys on this roster were. Um, mm -hmm. Hopefully, <laughs> you know, like we're hoping for the best here, but I, I, I do think it's, it's a good roster. I'm still concerned about depth. I think uh, seeing them cut Josh miles and then pick up Isaiah Prince was like getting a flat tire and putting some duct tape on it, but we'll, we'll see how that goes. So. <laughs> Jonathan space. I don't care what nobody say. Jonathan space. Like, I don't even know if you can hear John. Can you hear? Yeah, he's, I can hear just fine. Yeah. You don't seem like it, buddy. I like you having mental Mike, issues me as well, sir. We 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 can hear yeah. you, John. Can you hear us? <laughs> I don't think so. Yeah. <laughs> I can hear you. Yeah. You can't can hear, hear us, you. John. There's a big delay. Is it good now? There's a delay again. Yeah. Is it good now? Did yeah, you just fine. say that, or did you say that five minutes ago? Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Mike. You're gonna take over the show, buddy. I'll be back. Okay. Let him turn it off. Hey, here's so here's what I want to do. Here's what I want to do. I just want to start here. I want to go, Dave. Dave, what is the biggest shock that you've seen so far before the season starts? As far as just just something you did not expect from the team or the coaches or the fans or anything. Just what is the biggest thing that you like? Damn, I wasn't expecting that this season. Uh, I was I was gonna say like the fight over quarterback, but that's the least shocking thing I guess that happened all off season. Yeah. So let's not, let's not say that. Yeah. Um, in some ways, like even though I I know you know a bunch of the the team at the Falcoholic talked about it, everybody talked about. It, I was still surprised at the end of the day that they went with Bijan Robinson. Like I was like they can get this done with any running back. You know Tyler yeah. Algier just had a thousand yard season. I didn't really believe that they would do it. I'm not unhappy they did it. I think it's like, you know, we're going to really go for this thing. We are going to have the greatest rushing attack in the NFL. We're going to have, you know, a chess match every game with this positionless football. Bijan Robinson's lining up at left tackle. So whatever it is, um, whatever the reason, the rationale and the production that he puts forward, like I was surprised that they actually ultimately took him. But mm -hmm. it, that's kind of what makes it exciting is like they really felt like they could take this thing to an entirely different level than one of the best rushing attacks in the NFL, which they just yeah. had last year. What did you want, Dave, if you could have drafted who you wanted? Who does Dave pick at that pick at that pick? Who I was going want? for um, for Tyree Wilson at that point. Um, okay. <laughs> yeah, I was I was going for I, I am every year I'm all in on that pass rusher. Right. Like, yeah. The, I, the difference making pass rusher half the time it, it wouldn't have worked out even if they do it but they never yeah. do it so. <laughs> I got you, um, I got yeah that's kind of how I, I talked myself into i said probably that maybe another corner um so i i didn't really believe they'd do it at the end of the day that was the i think everything else this off season like even the mac holland signing did not yeah. catch me off guard at all so yeah that was like the one big surprise to me. Um, but again, it's like, it's a good surprise. Like 
he's so you know, you're not mad at the surprise right now like you are happy about it i was like, yeah, you know I, I needed to absorb it draft night but like again he's a singular talent so you know i got you yeah i love it. that that's saying here will i gotta know out of all the things that you was expecting, like what's the one thing you was like that caught me off guard? I did not think we was going in that. Or what? What was it? Yeah. Um. I. Unf- Dave's great answer was great, but unfortunately, it was it was number two on the on the board. So let me. I'll give you the number one answer. Um. And that is Arthur Smith's mustache. I did oh, not okay. see that coming at all this offseason. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Arthur Smith rocking just a solo mustache. Yes, I. Th- I did not know he loved Top Gun that much. Um, yeah. I, <laughs> I no. I, I mean, I, I. Well, that is number one in my heart. I think my, um, you know, my real answer because, l- like Dave said, there's not a ton that was surprising. Like I personally understand why people would say, you know, sticking with Desmond Ritter is shocking, or in mm-hmm. in some degree, not going after Lamar Jackson is shocking, but. That all makes sense to me. So what I'm going to say is, and this is shocking in the sense that I'm glad they did it. I just didn't necessarily see it coming. And that is making Chris Lindstrom the highest paid guard in NFL history. Um, I think that that is really putting your money where your mouth is. Um, Mm -hmm. Arthur Smith talks all the time about building and investing in the trenches. If you catch him at the podium and he starts bringing up or you phrase a question with, you know, Drake London, Kyle Pitts going into, you know, year two, year three, like what are the expectations, blah, blah, blah. He would sit there and say, okay, we also got, you know, Drew Dahlman going up into, uh, into his, you know, another jump year. We also have a guy like uh, Taquan Graham who we're looking at, like he's going to bring up these players in the trenches because he wants to really make sure that the spotlight is, is on them as well. So I thought that from an organizational standpoint and a tone that you set in the locker room, investing in one of the best young leaders that you have not only in the community but in the team um really sends a message that is going to resonate not only like with the players currently on this roster but i think with free agents and with you know future draft picks like that that really does send a a really really strong um beacon that you're going to do what you say and kind of build i think teams the right way man i love that and the thing is uh will like it is uh, also um prompts players to like want to come here who are like in the trenches if he highlights yeah if he don't just exactly. skip, he don't just say Bijan and like Kyle Pitts if he highlight no 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 yeah they good but how, have you heard it like have you seen this guy that's, that, yep. that's going to make those guys in the trenches feel good and want some more dudes to come here I love that Absolutely. 100% I mean his his son was wearing a I think a Kyle Pitts jersey um at the podium one day and and he was like yeah don't worry we've got Got a Chris Lindstrom in the back. We got some yeah, Grady Jarrett's, you know, like it, it's not just, it's not just Kyle yeah. Pitts. Cause of course the media, like we pick up on yeah. that right away. And it's like, Oh, is that his favorite player? He's like, nah, this is a big Caleb McGarry guy. You know, like yeah, he's going to yeah. make sure to call everybody out. <laughs> I love, it. I love it. Johnny Yates. Now how you feeling, buddy? Man, I feel great. Now how am I looking? How am I sounding? Am now I you look lagging? clearer and you sound clearer. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I had to move down to the office because I had to be right next to the modem. So this hopefully will work. Hopefully yeah. So far, so good. We're just a little cursed tonight. We got it out of the way. We're good now. Jesus, yeah. man. When like my internet is the best, it's a problem. When my <laughs> internet is, I'm telling you. I mean, I go on Twitter and ask for some more subscribers, and they've tuned in. They're like, what the hell is this shit? They can't even get their, uh, <laughs> their connection right. It's going slow. They're lagging. It's all kinds of crap. Um, all right. So I don't know what I missed, but um, 
any thoughts on preseason playing time? A lot of folks are pissy about the first team not getting enough snaps. And, you know, they need more snaps because they haven't had enough together. And Desmond Young and there's a young team and blah, blah, blah. So uh, we'll start with you, buddy. Uh, your thoughts on on that? Does it, does it make a does you think it's going to make a huge difference week one? No. Um, if if uh, the starters had gone out and played one more drive and gone three and out or marched 15 plays and scored a touchdown, I don't think that has any meaningful impact on their opening drive against Carolina. Um, I it, like honestly, I know it didn't end in a touchdown. That was pass interference on the interception. It's fine. It doesn't matter one way or the other because the six points are irrelevant. Like we saw what we needed to see from that drive, mm -hmm. even though the offense was going about as vanilla as you possibly could. But what we saw was, you know, a 12 personnel package deployed three different ways uh, on three consecutive plays. And they did three totally different things out of those three, but they all kind of intertwined and married together. And that's what this offense is going to be. They executed that stuff really, really well. I do think coaches nowadays are very smart with the way, because the way that the, the previous CBA changed and limited the time that players spend on the field, you know, and I, I kind of agree with that because I, you know, I, we don't have to get into all of that, but, um, yeah it did change a lot of things. And I think it caught a lot of coaches who are naturally resistant to change, or at least for a long time have been naturally resistant to change. They were slow to adapt to that and kind of kept trying to do the same things. And the product on the field got a little bit worse. Now yeah. I do think coaches are taking a much smarter approach to practices and they probably feel like they can see everything they need to see and get a better evaluation just kind of in the confines of their own practice field, going against yeah. guys who they also know inside and out. So you get a better way of, of like kind of truly comparing one player against the next. And I don't know. I just don't put a ton of stock in preseason. I'm starting to think teams don't put a ton of stock in preseason either. And so I'm really curious to see what happens with uh, with preseason games kind of down the road, because I, I do think we may be drawing closer to an end than I would have said maybe three years ago. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, and yep. on, you know, just watching Desmond speak to uh, the reporters the other day, I mean, they, I think they asked him if he felt like he was ready, and he was like, "Yeah, I'm good. I'm fine." And he's like, yeah. I, "I go against you know a very good defense in practice." And Arthur had already alluded to you know the practices being very physical, which they are. You I mean you guys have been there, seen it, padded practices, they get after it. So I mean, yeah. And short of Zach Anderson, like these guys aren't going back and like working there it's football is a year round thing these yeah. guys aren't going back and working their full-time jobs now like as they were when this was a sport where dudes were making like twenty thousand dollars playing football mm -hmm. and that's like yeah. what you needed training camp you needed a preset to get like into that it's it's a year-round business now and i i just kind of don't think we need that as much yeah dave mm -hmm. yeah i mean would i have i think it's almost more for the fans right like, mm -hmm. would we all have liked to have seen a little bit more um, without the penalty issues? Would we have liked to have seen them score a touchdown, you know, interception from Jesse Bates or something like that? Yes, we would have. Mm -hmm. sure. And I think probably with a little bit more time, we'd all feel a little bit better about preparation. But I really think that what this stems from is, is more how they've come out the last two years, right? And especially in 2021, where Arthur Smith was way less mellow, the mustache hadn't been grown out yet. And he was very fiery about, we are going to be ready. We do not need preseason, et cetera. And then they just got their asses kicked, as we all saw. So I think it's it's memories of that that's really driving this. Like, to me, 
one way or the other, yes, I would have liked to have seen more. I don't ultimately think it's going to make a huge difference. The only way in which it's going to make a difference is people's reaction, right? Because if mm -hmm. they do come out flat. Oh, Mel, my God. It's, just, that's what you're going to point to. We all I'm know. Not, it, yeah, right? I'm, so. yeah, I'm not checking into Twitter that day. No, I'll, I'll mm -hmm. be. But that's the risk. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, they know that. yeah, yeah, 100%. And I don't think he, he's not worried about that. I mean, like they, no. they, and that's the thing. I mean, you know, I, I, I go so far with folks, but I can't, I don't argue too much because it drives me nuts. But like, you know, we're not there every day. We don't, we, we, he knows his team and his guys a lot better than we do. I mean, just point blank period. And, you know, we, I, like Dave said it perfectly. Yeah, I would love to have seen the first team. Uh, hell, I would love to see him for a quarter as a fan. Like, mm -hmm. like okay, so you can really see. Bijan get into it, you know, and see the connection that Ritter has with whoever, you know. Um, but yeah, long uh, in overall, I'd much rather have them all healthy and not have any risk any issues uh, in a meaningless game, especially yeah. in the third game. So I mean, yeah, not, uh, Mike. What did you think, buddy? Any, anything? No, I'm just saying, man. He's like damned if he do and he's damned if he don't. <laughs> if you play somebody and yeah. somebody get hurt, oh, you got to be the dumbest motherfucker. Why would you mm -hmm. ever? But if you don't play them and they start out flat, oh, you got to be the dumbest. Like, you just the dumbest. <laughs> so it's it's nothing you could do. It's no win. And like you said, I just trust him. He's there every day. He know I'm just, I'm a fan. So I'm like, I want to see B. John go break and do, go do a, like a long run. And then we can all get excited. Man, Kyle Pitts with a one-handed. You want to see that as a fan. But even you know, if they go out there and get hurt, that you would have been like, damn, I, I kind of wish he didn't do that. But. I just think I don't think it affect. I don't think it affect. Like I said, if you can show me a study that say if you play the players in the preseason all the way through that they play better, I haven't seen that correlate. So yeah. I, I've seen players who didn't play and then they play well, and players who played and play like shit. There's no correlation between that. So I don't care. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, all right. Before we go on, I got to catch up with the chat. Uh, sorry, guys. So, obviously, we have guests tonight. We have a lot to talk about. So, I can't hit everybody, but I do want to say hello Bubba to Gump. you, Bubba Gump. What up, buddy? Thank Good to see you, Kenny. What's up, man? A boy, Alberto. He said, "Can't wait to hear y'all talk about topics at hand." This is an elite cast of minds. Make sure y'all check out. Our, our boy Alberto on the 95 North Falcons talk show. Him and Smitty every week. Man, they bring Baby it for us. Millie Mills. Hey, what up? Okay, what's up? Atlanta supporter, Atlanta what's supporter, up? What up? Fall start, Falcon. Dude, Dude, what's going on, man? man? Where you been, man? Pam. Miss Pam, good to see you. Ant, what's up? Ant, what up, Ant? Kiki, what's going yeah, on? Yeah, what up? Make sure to check out Kiki on one time for the fan. You got to do it. Mental and, health uh, is important, man. I'm already yeah. out of my falcon mind. I don't need another push. I might do something crazy. JJ, <laughs> Mike, check. Oh, man. Terry, completely agree. Mike, mental health is so important and it's often overlooked compared to physical health. It is. I'm so glad you're doing better. Mike, sending you good vibes. Thank you, buddy. Atlanta supporter, prayers for you, Mike. Thank you. I'm not on crack, sir. I'm just <laughs> having mental health issues, but I'm back. I'm fine. Jordan, what up? What's going on, oh, fellas? Hope everyone Smitty. in the chat. Smitty, the blueprint. Up, there it is. I'm just My going man, through. Smitty. Timothy, what's going on, man? Rise up. Rise up. Uh, Ty, what's going on, man? Ty, Good to see you, up? bud. Uh, to mind. Smitty, thank you, Mike, for video on mental health. For sure. Thank you. I'm going to do some more on those. Glad you're in better shape. Thank you. Man, man Mike. Mike. Well, Mad Mike would love to have you on. As, <laughs> hey, I, I love you, buddy. Thank you, man. 
I think he was talking to Will there, but wait, my, my, oh, we'll come oh, on well, too hey, if he I wants. Sure love you, buddy. Oh, he did say <laughs> I, will, uh, I thought you wanted to have me on, Mike. Damn, you, you just embarrassed Let's go on, on together, on. Mike. We'll go on together. We go on together, go. man. We'll go we'll, on together. It's here, like man. a package deal. Thanks, Uncle Steve. Out of That's your fucking right, mind. Thanks for great Thursday evening sports talk while I'm at work. Why are you still at work, Uncle Steve? Then <laughs> they count down, buddy. Last right, one man. out, baby. Last one That's out. Last one out, buddy. I love it. Paycheck hitting. Yeah, Uncle Steve, man. Make, make sure you go check Uncle Steve every week, too, man. Two great shows mm-hmm. at least a week. Uh, yeah, we, we got you, man, Mike. It's all good. Um, let's see what we got. Dave, the legend. <laughs> um, let's see. Hey, man. Bubba, dude. We all have been dealing with it tonight, so it's all good. Yeah, man. That's going crazy. Yeah, what is happening? Like, I, it's, somebody it's go find the national router and unplug yeah. it and plug it back in. Yeah. I have no idea. Ridiculous. It said the Pablo Escobar look is amazing for Coach Smith. <laughs> Some of those screenshots look like found footage. I love it. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. The camera. Well, well, Gump said, I've good. yet to hear about any snap issues this entire training camp and preseason. Knock on wood. Yep. Yeah. Make sure you do that. <laughs> All right, Smitty. Uh, Smitty has a question for you guys, man. Uh, how do you think Arthur Smith will manage the RB room in regards to playing time and snaps? Dave, how about you take it? That's a great question. Um, I, I really don't know where Patterson's going to fit into this. Like, I would have thought even a year ago that he would have gotten more time at receiver than he did. Maybe this is the year with the issues that they have with depth, um, but I expect him to be on the short end of the stick for playing time. It's just the way it is. As great as he is, they'll use him sparingly, try to maximize him. We know that late in the season, he's been a little bit less effective as the, the touches pile up. So to me, it's it's going to be not an even split between Bijan Robinson and Tyler Algier, but I think Algier is going to get a lot more work than people thought he would, considering they just took Bijan. I think ideally you don't want to give robinson you know even 20 but definitely not 25 30 touches a game you want him taking high leverage touches mm-hmm. that you are trying to maximize the gains that he can get and i think that algier can do the work for you in short yard situations on early downs when you need him even as a third down back he's a capable enough receiver so i fully expect it to be like 55 45 60 40 for Bijan rather than like 70 30 80 20 and then I you know what, what Patterson picks up is probably based on how healthy he is game flow that kind of stuff but to me I, I do see this actually being a two-headed backfield I don't think that's just coach talk yeah they uh, love Tyler he <laughs> he loves Tyler G. yeah <laughs> and I mean even they asked Tyler or they asked uh Bijan yesterday I think it was yesterday, day before yesterday, um, you know, where he lines up. And he was like, yeah, everywhere. I line up everywhere. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, it's not just going to be uh, he's in the backfield and running. He's going to be all over the place. So, like like he said, mm-hmm. you know, so, Will, what you say, buddy? Yeah, no, Smitty, I, I got – reading this question uh, made me maybe my most excited for the season because it kind of just hit me that, oh, yeah, like the next time we'll see the Falcons, they like Bijan will be getting – Bijan will be getting – a workload of carries like in a meaningful NFL game, they're going to unleash everything. They're going to unleash Kyle Pitts. We're going to see Drake London. We're going to see Bajan Robinson. And so this question made me just so excited because this I think is the number one thing I'm most curious to see. And I totally agree with your point, Dave, that last year I was not expecting Cordero Patterson to be that much of a runner, at least like definitely early on in the season. I mean, he was, 
carrying the ball like 25 times and did mm-hmm. really well. I mean, had had these big runs, but I, I think it was Josh Kendall who had a recent piece and it reminded me of the fact that Damian Williams was on this roster at this point last year and was, I think, in line for a decent amount of that actual running back workload. So I mm-hmm. think the plan was Damian Williams is kind of our you know, running back in the mix. Then we've got Tyler Algier and Caleb Huntley as kind of these and Avery Williams. And I think the plan was for Cordero Patterson to be this, you know, roaming joker player that they always envisioned. And in year one, it was Mike Davis and Cordero Patterson. And Mm -hmm. they, I think they were figuring out what they had in those two, but they've always envisioned this to be a two headed backfield with then that third kind of wild card player. And I think that's going to truly be Cordero Patterson. It's just, they've hopefully finally figured that one, two punch out in the backfield for the full term of the season. And I agree completely. I think it's going to be Bajan and, and Tyler Algier. I do think that Bajan is going to get a nice amount of touches. You know, I, I don't know if it's going to be like 30 a game, but I don't know if they're going to be afraid to, to kind of give him the ball a, a good bit. I think he said in the past, like the hot hand matters if they're on that 12 play drive and Bajan gets like eight touches on that drive and, and he finishes the game then with like 27 or something like, I, I think that's fully possible uh, over the course of the season. But I also think that the counter is, is possible as well. And it's Tyler Algier who's out touching him in a game. If, if these guys are cooking. So really, I, you know, I think it just, is going to be game to game. Who is feeling it? What's the matchup? Um, the good thing is that's going to be really tough for defenses to game plan against. You're not going to know it's going to be different week to week. That's what this Falcons offense is predicated on is okay. All of these guys can kind of do all of the things well. So good luck because we can on any given play, we can do anything and and mm-hmm. try to figure that out. So yeah, it's going to be very exciting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, say the least, man. And it's going to be, uh, you know, a lot of folks earlier, well, I didn't say earlier, but maybe, yeah, maybe earlier this summer, uh, we're talking about how you know, Arthur's going to be in the hot seat, which I think is ridiculous if, if they, unless they just have a terrible, like, yeah, they go just three goes, and 14. Right, like, right. yeah, okay. But sure. they're going to, exactly. But I mean, he's going to be expected to be that guy this year with now he has now like mike said you know before on the show you know he didn't he didn't shop at the dollar store this offseason i mean like they mm-hmm. they've got kind of who they want in the positions they want them in so you know he's gonna be expected to you know live up to that that his end of the bargain as well so it should be interesting to see um all the different sets i can't wait man because uh, you know the preseason we didn't see Harley. We, we just saw just bare minimum vanilla everything yeah. you know no he's don't give anything away so i can't wait to see what he what he comes out with mm-hmm. um our brother said desmond to show such grit to him evidence was a joint practice against miami sky's limit for him and arthur arthur knows what dr is capable of which leads mm-hmm. me into the next thing and it's been going on i've never seen a quarterback take so much shit for four starts guys um i mean mm-hmm. like just good or bad i mean it's just been you know and it's I think on a national level, a lot of folks I speak, I talk to um, that are not around the team and not following the Falcons. They just see it as like, oh, he crappy four games. He's not the guy. They don't take into account the scheme, the fit, what Arthur runs here, mm-hmm. how, what the offense is going to be, which to me, it's huge. And that's not just for Desmond, for, for any quarterback success. We've seen guys come in on top of the draft and they, they're just not a good fit for a certain scheme when they 
They, mm-hmm. they, they tank, they fail, they fail. And they may pop up somewhere else and do well. Geno Smith, you know, it happens. I mean, like Pete Carroll designed that offense for Geno Smith and it worked, you know, we'll see if it works for two years in a row, but Hey, you know, it worked last year. So what my, will, what are you expecting from Desmond this year? Anything? I mean, like just every, all the crap around him. I mean, to me, it seems like he's the type of dude that's going to take all that negativity, put it into the right, like channel it and just like go and ball out on the field. Cause again, he's not being asked to go out there and be Pat Mahomes. It's not the expect expectation. Right. You know, um, and, and nobody thinks that, I mean, that's at least following the team, you know, I mean, but like, again, like, you know, your, what's your yeah. take on Desmond and his, his. Yeah. Um, I'll provide both an answer and a quick plug. Um, I spoke with Nate Tice of the athletic um, yesterday for, for my podcast, believe in Falcons, but due to the technical difficulties that seem to be plaguing the entire world today, um, that is a little bit delayed. So it'll either be up tomorrow at some point, or uh, it may be a Tuesday um, rollout, but I will preface that conversation, which you should go listen to for all of the great things Nate had to say by saying he is a big fan of Desmond Ritter and he really likes the mental makeup. I I think in terms of what um, the personalities of Marcus Mariota and Desmond Ritter, I like, I think they are kind of two polar opposites. Um, I think that, yeah, I think the Desmond Ritter has much more of that. uh, Like guys in the locker room or locker room really like him Um, guys in the huddle, you know, trust him kind of believe in in his demeanor he has more of that kind of composure i think that unwavering demeanor that's not just like oh inside of a game it's unwavering you know like how guys get just all amped i think people are are like look it could be a tuesday morning or it could be the middle of the third quarter and you're down by two touchdowns and you gotta have this third down and he's just gonna kind of be the same guy so i, I think that that's like from a personality standpoint what you're hearing um, players say from a skill standpoint, every quarterback, whether it be Marcus Mariota or um, Ryan Tannehill that Arthur Smith has, has really worked with drives the ball. They are like line drive throwers. That's what Desmond Ritter is. Um, And so if he misses, it's generally going to be a little bit more noticeable or noticeable. If you play beer pong, right. And you just start the ball at the cut, you're probably just going to miss the cup completely. If you put a little touch on it, you may hit the lip and it's going to bounce out. It's the same result. One just looks a little bit better. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think we tend to maybe overrate just because his misses are bad. But he does the things that are going to be used in this offense. The -the over-the-middle throws, then these boundary hole shots when they get that single coverage against these cover one or cover three looks that they want to draw defenses into. So the big question is, his pocket feel, how does he use his legs and then playing within this offense, you know, like, like you said, John, like he doesn't have to do too much. They can build this thing around him and he just needs to operate within it, not necessarily elevate all of it. Just do Mm -hmm. what you need to do. Point and shoot ball needs to go here right now, get it there right now and we'll keep going. So I, I think he can do more than enough. And if he's just average to above average, then this offense can be really good. Like that's all he needs. Yep. Yeah, and Dave and Dave, before you answer, I mean, we Arthur put a number 15th ranked offense on, on the field last year with with Mario Marcus for yep. 12 games. Missing I mean, left and right, like just yep. missing their deep I mean, shots that were there. Yeah. Just so put that in perspective now. If you have now you've upgraded talent at all your skill positions and oh, yeah, you have a quarterback who can hopefully, you know, hit more shots than that. I mean, you'd almost have to try not to, to be honest. But I mean, you know, that's where we're at. Dave, your, mm-hmm. your call, buddy. 
Yeah, no, I think he's going to be fine at worst, right? And I think, you know, I said this to, to someone else the other day. They were like, what is your expectation for him? Is he league average? Is he below average? I think he can be right in the middle of the pack this year, maybe a little bit better if things break right, if he's showing growth. And that's going to be probably enough for this offense to be elite. I think this offense can that, be yes, Dave. I think this offense can be really, really good if he's like the twenty-sixth best quarterback in football. Ah, because damn. again, you said it last year, it it didn't matter. Like Mariota was missing left and right. We saw him, you know, Kyle puts was pushing that boulder up the hill every week and he wasn't catching it because it was no. nowhere near him. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if Ritter's just a little bit better than that and can play within this offense with a better cast of playmakers, a healthy Kyle Pitts that I, I know he's not going to miss the same way. Like, we know how good this team can be, right? So he does not have to be great, to Will's point, for this offense to be great. But I think, you know, he can be good. And if he is good, this team is going to be impossible to stop. Because it seems to me that besides health, he is the only question mark you've got. And I don't think he's that big of a question mark. I think it's just... The third round, the third round, rather draft pedigree, people not believing in him because they waited so long to turn to him because it felt like he was a plan B when I think he was really the plan all along. He was just maybe supposed to sit behind Ryan before everything blew up. So, <laughs> yeah, to me, he's he's going to be just fine. Just fine. Yeah. Yeah. And folks, um, Mike, man. I you look really you look really excited. So I'm going to go to you because here's why, man, Will <laughs> is giving beer pong tips. And Dave is talking humble shit, saying, man, if the man is functional, we're going to be elite. Greatest guest ever, man. I love it. I love talking shit. You're damn right. You know, and it's what you said, Dave, too, is true. I mean, uh, not come. We, we all wanted to see him earlier than we did last year, right? We all wanted to see him like week eight, you know. But, you know, Arthur kept saying, you know, we'll play him when he's ready, you know. And this is something the day the reporters, you know, they ask him about what it's like being under center because – he wasn't, he didn't do that in college. I mean, he was under, he said he was under center a handful of times in college. It was really this, you know, spread type go. And it's, that's the case for a lot of different college quarterbacks. So when they get to the pros, you know, they have to learn how to play under center and it's a it's footwork as a whole. It's a whole other bag of, of tricks they have to learn. Not to mention, you've got to now figure out Arthur Smith's offense, which is not a easy thing to do as well. So yeah, I don't, I'm not, I, as much as we wanted to see him early or earlier last year, maybe it's better that we didn't because, you know, he, he could have just fell on his face and you don't know what that does to somebody's confidence. You know, no matter how confident a guy you are, you come out there and, you know, you're, you just, you're getting hammered left and right. You don't know what's going on or what the next play is going to be. That bad things can happen. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I totally agree. Mike, uh, any concerns at all from you on him? From who? For who? Ritter. Ritter. No, we're going to the Super Bowl. I have no concerns about internet. No, no. You should skip me with that credit. Here's what I don't get about people and I don't understand is uh, the dude has not, it ain't like he stunk it up, but people's reaction is like, oh, this dude came out horrible. And and, and that's kind of the vibe. Like, why would we stick with this this trash and third round pick? Like, yeah, he he was functional. He did, he was a rookie. That, that was his first time getting thrown in. And he looked like it. He didn't play bad. He played function. He played all right. And so I don't get why people are, are so much against that. Uh, and I I agree with Dave. I think if he is Alex Smith, we going to Super Bowl, buddy. <laughs> That's how I'm looking at, man. We going undefeated if he Alex Smith. When you got everything around him, he would have to be really bad. And I believe that with, like, the coach, too. 
It would have to be bad coaching for us to plummet this year. Have to be bad quarterback. To me, the questions are the coach and the quarterback. Like because man, does the coach he he just know what to do with this? <laughs> Your man might go ham down below. Shoot your shot, baby. Shoot your shot, man. Just that. I think he'll be just fine. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, you know, I, I would just add to that real quick and say that's that's not necessarily um, anybody's favorite comparison for him. But I, I think like yeah. mid to late career, Alex Smith would be yeah. awesome for Desmond Ritter. Like, yeah. It, yeah, it's easy to forget. He was way more mobile than people yep. give him credit for. And he was a really smart, capable quarterback. And if that's what we get from Desmond Ritter, uh, mm -hmm. yeah, you're in great shape. Well, and I would add to that as well, like the, the your point, uh, Mike, about his last four games, like he got better over each of those yep. four games. And that has been something that if you look at kind of the in totality of their draft classes, the Falcons have valued guys who get better over the course of their careers yep. in college. Arnold Katie, somebody like that. Richie Grant, somebody like that. Desmond mm -hmm. Ritter, somebody like that. Matthew Bergeron, somebody like that. Uh, so, I mean, you're seeing a, tr a like growth track record of these guys mm -hmm. that they're drafting and that should hopefully point. continue in the NFL because that speaks to the passion that they bring the drive their self um, kind of involvement in their own growth. So yeah, I wouldn't discount Desmond Ritter if he starts slowly, like again, I'm not going to pile on him. Like I, I think that, yeah. I think he's got the makeup and it's going to be a long season and, but this team is going to be better, better than they've been. Mm -hmm. yep. Yeah. I mean, we were, uh, I felt like we've been taking bullets for him since the, freaking start since they you know put him in the in, in the in the starting position the role as a quarterback but you know and we've said it until our folks are probably sick of us saying it but you know the mental like and you've mentioned earlier will i mean like the mental makeup of especially a quarterback man it is so yep. overlooked i mean especially in this offense and scheme being able to diagnose what you see quickly and get the, i mean we're talking about seconds these guys have to you know and, and when in play action i mean you you turn your back to the defense you need you've got mm -hmm. a half second or two to look read, make the right decision, you know, and that's where all the, that's where the play calling comes in. That's where Arthur Smith's scheme comes in. That's where the positionless football comes in because you've got guys lined up everywhere with, you know, you're, you're trying to find that hole in the defense or find that open space. So, you know, it, to me, like that gets overlooked so much and that, yeah, he's got the mental makeup. And like Timothy said here, um, he's a winner. He was undefeated at home in college and, and in the NFL so far, winner mentality. I mean, like all that stuff matters, you know, but just, but also just being a smart dude. I mean, like just, just, just basically just being a smart guy, being able to pick up the offense and execute it, you know, and that's, <clears throat> and knowing that, you know, his work ethic is next to none. I mean, you know, being a first guy in the building, last guy to leave type of thing. I mean, yeah. I don't know what more you can ask for, man, from your quarterback. I mean, you just got to, he just has to go out there now and prove it. That's it. He's got, you know, that's, that's what's on his left to do. Yeah. And we can stop talking about it, but, um, Morgan, man, what's up, man? Good to Morgan see you. Morgan, man. Uh, A1 Forever, what's going on, man? A1. We met Chris at the little creator meetup, man. It was awesome. Yeah. Will, are you you're are you still in Atlanta? Will, yeah, you're still around here, aren't you? I, I am, yeah. I'm in Duluth. Yeah, so next, we did a, uh, like, Atlanta, uh, JR from Pound for Pound got an Atlanta Creators kind of yeah. thing together. We have to come out next time. It was it was fun. Heck, yeah. As long as, long as little ones uh, can, you know. Scott David on a private jet. Yeah, that's how I, I plan to show up. So yeah, let's, uh, dude, uh, dude, Berto came down from where I was. Yeah, no, I'm so, I'm very overdue for a visit. So yeah, sir. absolutely, dude. Oh, yeah. we already told you in the last show. You know, if the beer, you know, beers are on us. So um, yeah, sir. I can't pass that. <laughs> 
Uh, so Rose said, we're not going to baby Bijan. He will get 20 to 25 touches per game. We got him at eight to be a stud. Let's not get soft. He's running back, not a powder puff girl. Yeah, I don't yeah. think it's necessarily the the carries per se. I just like again, like I mentioned earlier, I think it's just he's he it may he may be lined up so many times yeah. in the slot. He may be outside. He may be in <laughs> we don't know where he's gonna be. Uh mm-hmm. as long as he's being used, as long as we're making win getting wins, nobody's gonna be complaining about how mm-hmm. many touches he gets as long as he's except for maybe the dynasty or the uh uh fantasy football folks that drafted him really early in the draft. So I was, uh, I was laughing about that actually, because um, Evan Birchfield on our site, he did a Madden simulation of the season, which of course you can't put any stock into it. But Kyle Pitts only caught two touchdowns. And I read that and I just burned <laughs> out laughing. I'm like, people's heads are going to explode, man. Yeah, that yeah. That's, that's uh, proof we're living in a simulation. Oh, there you go. There you yeah. go. Will. Um, I, I, uh, yeah, I mean, which by the way, also, Will, we, we, we did like a little, do you play fantasy at all every year or no? I, I, I'm in three leagues. Uh, I'm trying Please. I'm trying to pair that back. Yeah, we actually had a nice uh, live live drafts or live fantasy oh, wow. draft um, last Sunday that with some friends that I've been in the league 10 years with now. So, yeah, nice. definitely a big fantasy guy. So we did like a, again, like a Falcons creator. We'll have to get you on it next year because yeah. we, we, <laughs> we, Dave's in there, um, you know, and it's, it's, it's gonna be a lot of shit talking going on. We have a yeah, the whole group is. chat going on, so yeah, it's gonna be. We thought about doing it live, but that just been too much of a pain in the butt. But yeah. Dave, yeah. you feel okay about your team, buddy? I feel pretty good about my team. I uh, I, I saw Aaron getting his dig in there at us. You know, we drafted <laughs> yeah, kickers yeah. already. I was like, come on, <laughs> dude. I drafted my entire lineup plus like two other guys. I'm like, man, there's nothing else. I, can, I mean, I need a good kicker. So yeah, you gotta to, you gotta lock them up at some point. But no, I feel yeah. I feel pretty good about it. I got Mahomes in the first round. You know, like that's mm-hmm. all I wanted. Yep. Yeah, exactly, man. Exactly. Uh, Three Dirty, what's going on, man? Three Dirty. He said, on paper, the media and the NFL knows the Falcons have a team that cannot uh, cannot be underestimated, but we'll have to go out and show them. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure, man. Exactly. Man. You got to exactly. earn respect, man. Man, yep. appreciate you, man, Mike. Man, we appreciate you doing that. <laughs> he said, I neglected my own crew to watch it. I appreciate you, buddy. Um, all right, man. So, Mike, did you do the uh, with your segment when I was out or no? No, I didn't. Well, let's go ahead and do that, buddy. Well, let's go do this. Okay, I got something special for these four, okay? For these four, for these two, okay? It's called Dave and Will's Fake or Reels, okay? What I'm going to do is I'm going to go down a list with some things, and I'm just I'm going to ask each one of you. I'm going to go back and forth, and you tell me if this is fake or if it's real, okay? That, that's all I want to tell them. Okay, so we're going to start off right here. Dave, the Falcons were established in 1968. Is that fake or real? That is fake. That's damn it, Dave. Dave is good. It's 1965. <laughs> Jesus Christ. How did you know? Three that? years okay. off. Yeah. <laughs> good one, Dave. Good one. Will, the Falcons drafted a Hall of Fame quarterback in 1991. Is that fake or real? That is real, and it is Brett Favre. Oh, okay. Damn, look That's, at you. I'm loving Holy it. I'm Christ. loving it. Dave. The Audio Falcon Mind podcast is less than two years old. Is that fake or real? That is real, although it feels like you guys have been around forever in a good way. That's that's spot on. You got I gotta love it. Will. <laughs> okay, Will. It's a good one, Will, man. Okay. OJ right. Santiago invented the dirty bird. Is that fake or real, Will? Oh, that's fake. Oh, that's right. Do you know who invented yeah, yeah, yeah. it? Yeah. Jamal Anderson. There you go. Okay. Yeah, okay. I thought that I was like, did he get that from somebody named OJ Santiago? No. <laughs> These dudes are yeah. four for four. Now, hey, Dave, I got a good one for you. Now, you All know right. it's touched me to my heart. 
Matt Ryan was the first 30 million per year quarterback in NFL history. Is that true or is that fake or real? Crap. Uh, fake. It's actually true. He was the first. Ah, and then, uh, I couldn't Aaron remember. Rodgers, Adam, right after that. that was yeah, good. right. Don't like, get Matty Ice wrong, yes. Dave. Come on, man. Uh, I got to ban um, you from the show. Will. John has been hit by a truck as a pedestrian. Damn. Johnny Yates was on foot and got hit by a truck as a pedestrian. Is that fake or real? Well, first, I, what are the other ways you can be hit by a truck? Like if he was in a car, he can get hit when he was in a car, but he can on get a hit bike. Okay, okay, so but then you're an active combatant, I guess. You're no longer a, a like you're in the game. Is you're not just a pedestrian or a bystander? Okay, anyway. Yeah, see? Um, I'm gonna say yeah, because like, why would is that just totally yes? No, uh, it's actually that, false. I got hit by okay. a truck as a pedestrian. <laughs> 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 That's actually false. Ten feet oh, no. in the air. Well, Amazing. Broke both oh. legs. It was awesome. Okay, moving on. All right, <laughs> Dave. Lil Wayne is the greatest rapper alive. Dave, is that fake or real? Hmm. I'm gonna say real. Oh! I, I'm gonna say that's true. I'm gonna just say that's true just because that's my personal opinion. So, yeah. man, I love you, Dave. Will! I'm back on the show. All right. See, you're back on the show. Will, I got a good one for you. Gummy bears are made from boiled pig bones. Is that fake or real? Oh my gosh. Dude. Wow. Uh I'm gonna say real. That's actually real. Wow. Damn, that's actually real. It's how gelatin is produced from boiled pig bones. You're spot on, Will. I you love know, it. you know what I learned the other day what? is that fake vanilla extract, which is way more, it's like basically what we're using. Um, there is beaver anal gland essence. Yeah. In, I saw that, in that. today. Yep. I, I swear to God, I just saw that today, Will. That's crazy, right? It's making the rounds, I guess, you know? Yeah, right? I got one for you, Dave. Now, come on, Dave. Now, you, it's another Matt Ryan one. Come on, I'll give you a chance to redeem yourself. Fake or real, Matt Ryan in his senior year in high school was the captain of the baseball, football, and basketball team all at the same time. I think that's true. You are actually sir, spot on, sir. Matt Ryan was the captain of all three teams at senior year in high school. Here's here's a fun one for you, actually. Um, his wife was the best uh, girls basketball player in the state of Maine, and I know because I saw her play in high school. Oh, wow. Like, I didn't know that. I know that. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's that's real. <laughs> Will. That's not fake, yeah. Will. I got one again. John has tore ligaments in his foot like savagely twice in like 18 months in the same foot john has tore two ligaments in his foot twice in a short span in his life is that real or fake i feel like you're gonna tell me like that was dave who actually tore these ligaments i did tear two uh, ligaments earlier this year so it could be i don't know but. Oh my how did goodness. you do that dave i slipped on ice Man, like oh, I, damn, I broke my ankle. I needed surgery. It was great. It was awesome. Oh man, oh. not even uh, a fun story. I'm gonna yeah. say, I'm gonna say, real. okay. I was gonna say real. I was gonna say that one. I thought was real. John broke. He he was playing basketball and he actually tore his his whole foot up twice in yeah, span of months. 
Yeah, it was great. It was eighth grade basketball. I, uh, yeah, broke my right foot, tore two ligaments, got off the, uh, came back for freshman basketball. First game, same damn thing happened again. <laughs> I love so, this though. Let's get all the injury talk out now. So that's yeah, like, it's that's all, all right. on. Exactly. And, yeah. yeah. It's all I'll do it again so Bijan doesn't get one. I'll do it again. All right, yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna step off a curb right now, damn it. I got some questions. Yeah, go. go ahead, Mike. Please. So it's the last one. Dave and Wills, fake or reals, the last one. American singles is not legally cheese. That is true. Yeah. Will, do you agree? I agree. That is actually real. It's not cheese at all. That's why they call yeah. it American singles instead of cheese. It's I assume cheese. anything that's got a Crap Z singles. for the cheese is not yeah. cheese, you know? Yeah. It's not cheese. <laughs> America, David Wills, fake or reals. You got to love them. Out of your uh, fucking mind. Let's go. Love it, love it, love it. All right. Uh, Miss Pam had a, a question here in the chat that I got to find again. Um, and it's basically, she said, if I can find it, that's not it. Um, She's asking about which court. Here we go. Which coaches will help out in the quarterback room? I'm happy that they kept Logan Woodside on, and his mm. input will help Desmond out. That was going to be a question I asked you guys. Were you surprised that uh, they, they kept? I was kind of surprised they kept Logan on. Not that he didn't earn it, because he played a hell of a preseason. Mm. He played his ass off. I just didn't see the point of having a third quarterback at this time. But hey, I'm not the coach. What, what did y'all think, and who you who you see helping out the uh, the quarterbacks? Dave, you want to go? Yeah, I'll go first. Um, I, I was not surprised. I think after the second preseason game, certainly after the third, just the way he played, um, mm -hmm. the fact that they have, you know, as much as they may believe in Desmond Ritter, somewhat unproven, um, you know, I think they want that third emergency guy. And and let's be honest, Felipe Franks isn't here to take that role. You know, he's not walking <laughs> through that door. He's not tight end six. He's not QB three. Without that, you, you need two players to fill the void there. So they kept, you know, John Fitzpatrick and Logan Woodside. And that's – together they're like half Felipe Franks in Arthur yeah. Smith's time. So. Um, but, yeah, so I, I was not that surprised by it because, again, he played well. And mm -hmm. I think the new rule has encouraged – I know it's a little bit less than half the league kept three quarterbacks. I know the Patriots originally only kept one. Um but I do think it's it's something that they have on their mind. Like let's let's be safe. Not sorry. Mm -hmm. um, and then in terms of who's helping out the quarterbacks, I think Dave Ragone's obviously going to have a huge role there. He is a former quarterback. I think he's a guy who talks all the time about what he learned from his career. He's a good mentor for a young uh, young quarterback like Desmond Ritter. And, and I think you know bringing in Heineke who's an experienced guy who's been through a little bit of a tumble himself with a weird quarterback situation in Washington, weird dysfunctional team. Mm -hmm. Like he's got a lot of wisdom to impart too. So mm -hmm. I, I think they've got plenty of guys to, to help Ritter out. I think um, Ragone again, having that background, I know he's pulling double duty, but I think he's going to be, he's going to be the guy they turn to. It sounds like he's got a good rapport with Ritter already. Mm hmm Yeah. I, I, I was a little bit surprised only because I was trying to figure out, um, I'm still trying to figure out the strategy behind like this rule, like how our team's actually going to use it. And in that way, it would have made more sense to me if this was Felipe Franks weirdly, because I'm like, okay, you can you use can him else. in a lot of different ways on mm -hmm. game day. Like he's, he's kind of a valuable third court, like it, like Taysom Hill, like that would just be okay. Mm -hmm. So you get just kind of a free, a free guy here. Um, I, I would be curious to know there's gotta be some, uh, ways to prevent that, but it, is just a, a case where I do wonder if this is a situation where Arthur Smith is really um, 
kind of re- like showing investment in a player who he has been with a lot and who has shown that growth and you want to reward those players. And, you know, it's a long season and the active roster is going to change a lot. I, I don't know if Logan Woodside is, is like that high, high up on the depth chart. And if moves need to be made and attrition starts to happen, then how valuable is that rule? That's where I'm really curious to figure that out because it's either extremely valuable. And for that reason, like Logan Woodside's going to be here all season long, or mm-hmm. it's something they want to see and test out and maybe nothing really comes of it. And then you've got uh, an expendable spot to kind of open up for another position. Yeah. Um, and then in terms of just the coaches helping out in the quarterback, that is maybe one area where Logan Woodside, given his history with Arthur Smith, you know, can at least speak that language um, and help. If if Desmond Ritter or Taylor Heineke, for that matter, has kind of that question, he can be a little bit of that Arthur whisperer in the room. Um, and you mentioned Dave Ragone. I'll mention one more. TJ Yates, like he's the wide receivers coach. But don't underestimate the importance of having a former NFL quarterback. And, you know, he went to my high school. Shout out Pope High School. Uh, so, you know, somebody who I've had an eye on forever. Uh, he is really smart, really creative. If you've been seeing some of the videos that uh, Mike Rothstein has been sharing on Twitter about just the different kind of obstacles that he's coming up with, I think he's going to prepare these receivers to really know from a quarterback perspective, like what is expected and how to help Desmond Ritter out. And that is going to be just as valuable as anything that they could tell Desmond Ritter. Mm -hmm. I have a question for you guys. It's a lot of veterans on our team uh, who have younger potential under them who could be something who could who could possibly skyrocket if everything goes right if you had to pick one player who's going to benefit from his position's veteran the most and excel who you picking you want me to go dave yeah you go first well go ahead um i will say i will say zach harrison benefiting from having Calais Campbell. Um, I I think I've been very impressed with the early returns from Zach Harrison. He was somebody where I was looking at their draft class in the immediate aftermath. And I was kind of like, eh, you know, this, Mm -hmm. and it, it still is early, right? So I'm not going to declare him one way or the other, but he has impressed me with, with what he's done. And most importantly, the quote that really stood out to me about him in the best possible way was Arthur Smith saying that he's the type of player that doesn't make the same mistake twice, which Mm -hmm. crucially we saw from Desmond Ritter last off last preseason. Um, I believe it was against the lions where he throws basically one pass and it gets batted down by the linebacker. They come back to the exact same play, like three plays later. And he puts just enough touch to get it over his outstretched arm for a big game Mm -hmm. that showed growth in the span of a couple of plays. If Arthur Smith is saying that, that Zach Harrison is showing the same kind of in practice, then that makes me very optimistic about his growth and pair him now with uh, one of the very all-time best in Calais Campbell. That's a great start to a, a career. I like it. Dave? I mean, that was my answer, so I shouldn't you know. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I can't be, you know, I'm not going to mix it up just for the sake of mixing it up. I, I do feel like the veterans along the defensive line, the fact that you have as your defensive coordinator a really good defensive line coach, um, that's all going to work really well for Zach Harrison. And and he's a player that, again, when they took him, you know, I I figured project player going to be a year or two, it still might be, but I do feel like 
with the focus of this coaching staff, with Calais Campbell, uh, you know, hell, Grady Jarrett, just everybody he's got in the room with him, he's got a really good chance of, of reaching his full potential. And I think that's a pretty, uh, pretty high. So I think he's mm-hmm. a guy that a year or two from now we're going to be talking about as a potential starter. I and I'll, I'll give a bonus answer real quick. I've just, um, yeah. uh, I really think that Mac Hollins will have a nice positive influence on Drake London. Um, I got you. Yeah. He's going to be season. eating soup with his hands. Yes. yes. Oh my God. So, yeah. yeah. Walking barefoot. Yes. <laughs> um, all right. We got a, uh, Got a super chat from somebody. Look at this guy. Big low. Hey, somebody say something about me winning the fantasy draft. <laughs> what in the world, Bo? Uh, Big low. We appreciate the super chat, buddy. That's, that's very kind. Man, very bro. kind Thank of you. you. Very kind of you. Um, yeah. Uh, it's, I was going over the next question actually. Um, somebody had a question. Well, it wasn't. Thank you, Lord, earlier, than... man. I just meant to say that earlier, but like what you said earlier. Thank you. All right, baby Jay, what's up? But he said Clark Phillips looks like a great cover corner, but he's getting knocked for his size, and D. Alfred holds his own. Who do you guys trust more in the slot at that CB position? And I'll piggyback that with question with outside of Bijan, which rookie do you think has the biggest impact on this team this year? We'll help with you, buddy. Yeah, um, I short answer for both of uh, or for the cover position, mm-hmm. uh, I would be very confident confident with both of them. Um, I, I think that Clark Phillips has really looked solid from day one as a mm-hmm. rookie, uh, tenacious, really not afraid to mix it up. And, and that's what you need in that slot corner. And then just D Alford looks like a pro. I mean, and, and that's the best possible compliment I could give to him for somebody who has come from, you know, the, the Canadian football league and, and come to join the NFL. And last year didn't get a ton of opportunities, but when he did, man, he made, a big impact. And now he's taken this next step and really grabbed this role. So either of those guys, you know, I think my default is, is D Alford just because he did kind of have that whole run of preseason and he is a little bit older. You give Clark Phillips and they've tended to kind of allow the rookies to grow a little bit unless they really need to throw them in there. But honestly, the rookie they threw in there the most was Jalen Mayfield. And we know how that worked out. So <laughs> I, I think that that approach is wise. Get D. Alford, get your best 11 guys on the field. And, you know, if if Jeff Okuda, when he's back, that's him. If that means D. Alford, you feel is the is better than Trey Flowers on the outside, go with him and Clark Phillips on the inside, move him. Like, I think they can be flexible here. Um, and then in terms of the rookie outside of Bajan that I'm most excited to keep an eye on. Um, I mean, DeMarco Helms made a heck of a push for that, but I, I think it'll be, I think it'll be Matthew Bergeron because he'll be Damn the it, guy. That's my pick. I mean, he'll be the guy that's out there like that from the jump and in a big way. And it's going to be really like we talk about in tactful tandems. If the Falcons had a rookie quarterback receiver group or like another quarterback coming in with Bajan, that's all we talk about. But they have an awesome rookie tandem in their left guard and their rookie running back. And that's Mm -hmm. going to be a lot of fun to watch as well. So he's he's probably the one that I want to keep an eye on. Dave. Yeah, um, I'll start with the the larger rookie question, and it is Bergeron. It's he's got the starting job. I think there's no question that he's going to be out there. He's going to have a huge impact. There is nobody that this team is going to be thrilled to replace him with. So he's he's not in danger of losing that job. Mm-hmm. But he's also just supremely talented. Um, I think in general, but as a run blocker, he is ready day one to make an impact in a way that 
you know, a year ago they got by. Elijah Wilkinson was fine. Matthew Hennessy did a good job when he was in there for a couple games. Um, even Colby Gassett, you know, solid. But I think Bergeron has way more upside um, than any of those three. I think that's obvious in that particular regard. And they're going to run the ball a lot. So he's going to have a huge impact. Um, in terms of which one I'm more comfortable with, Clark Phillips is – maybe my favorite non-Bijan player in this class long-term. I think he can be actually really good. Um, I'd say right now, D. Alford's the guy I'm more comfortable with taking that role. I think Alford's been impressive from the jump. I think uh, Terry Fontenot's gone to that CFL well a lot over the years. Um, I, I think it's safe to say he was probably heavily involved with getting Delvin Bro from the CFL, who was a good corner for a little bit till he got hurt. Eric Harris obviously came in with the Saints, so this is the first guy maybe in that pipeline it looks like he could be an above average starter and and i think the confidence they've shown in him uh throughout the summer and just what he's done since he's gotten here suggests that he's the guy that should be manning the slot i think he will be to start but i think phillips you know later in the year next year starting caliber player for sure Mm -hmm. Shout out to you! Shout out to you, Mike, for calling Clark Phillips a long time ago, buddy. Called it a long time ago, dog. He was aggressive, and and I really think uh, he gonna get some pick sixes this year if you put him in. He's aggressive, mm -hmm. man. He he gonna when he got to be disciplined, and that's what he got to learn in the NFL. Because you ain't gonna get burnt. You trying to jump them routes in the NFL, but I I got him getting a, a, at least two pick sixes. Uh, I'm gonna cheat on my answer because I I'm gonna cheat on my answer because I know. That he ain't a rookie, but it's it's just Desmond Ritter because I feel like we didn't. It's a rookie. I, we only saw him play four games. I I never seen you really starting the NFL or have the. He didn't. But what he did was not fair. But that's isn't fair for a rookie. He didn't get to prepare correctly. He didn't get to go. That was unfair. So now it's fair. So now we get to see for real, for real, his rookie season. So I'm just I'm kind of anxious to see Desmond, man. I think. The boy got all the traits, the height, the size, the strength, the speed. I that's I want to see if that translates. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I was I was I was going to say Bergeron is as like you like both you, Dave and Will too, just because like you said, he's gonna have an instant impact day one. I mean, not to shit on Mayfield any more than we already have, but I mean, like in that one game, he looked better than Mayfield ever looked at that position just in the one game mm -hmm. against Cincinnati, and that's not being like you know, I'm not being an asshole. Like that's just that's how he looked. He looked great. Right. I mean, he had a few mm -hmm. few iffy snaps course you know the first snap i mean a little jittery i get it but man he just looked like he fit right in like athletic and you know mm -hmm. bit the giant dude putting his hands on people throwing guys around that's what you want to see from that that position is great mm -hmm. um but yeah i am i am curious to see how they're going to use helms i'm sure they're going to use him on special teams uh, yep. but he does bring a good skill set to the defense so i mean i don't know i think they could be real creative with uh, what they do with him but um, yeah, we'll, we'll have to see. And guys, the chat's going crazy, man. Uh, I'm not going to keep up with you guys. We'll be here five hours if I do that. So apologies if I don't get to your chat, uh, to your comment. And we have a lot more folks watching tonight live, which is great. I'm sure it's a combination of the, se the season's getting ready to start and the two guests that we have. So if you are new tonight, again, man, we appreciate you guys tuning in. Thank you, guys. Hope, hope you subscribe. Hope you like the video. Hope you come back. Uh, we do a preview show every week on Thursday evenings for the game coming up. We do a recap show sometime between Sunday and Tuesday, depending on my kids' baseball schedule and how that works <laughs> out. So we just have to roll with it. So, um, But we, we really do appreciate you guys stopping in. Um, Billy Mills said he's not too worried about Ritter, but the, one of the edge rusher, his only concern is the edge rusher, will, which one will step up? So from the edge rushing position, Mike, we'll, we'll start with you, buddy. What do you think uh, – uh, I'm not, I'm telling you this. I'll say this and I'll say it and say it again. It's not, it's, uh, regardless of that, Grady Jerry going to have his best season as an Atlanta Falcon. 
uh, I keep trying to explain to you guys, uh, man, Julio Jones, it was a stat that they said uh, he was like the most doubled guy in like the history of the league at like wide receiver. He was more double. And he was still doing exceptionally well. But I'm just saying he, this was with two people on him. It's damn near impossible to succeed with two people on you, man. These are professional athletes. I don't care what position. It's two people blocking you. This damn near. And you still see Grady Jarrett. But now when it's one person, I don't care who you put in front of Grady Jarrett. Like, he he getting ready to eat food. He going, man, Grady Jarrett is the out of this whole team. He the one that's licking his chops the most. Because he going to say, oh, man, I got help. Like, you can't key on me no more. I'm getting ready to terrorize. I'm getting ready. I don't. I still don't think that we've seen the peak of Grady Jarrett. I think we'll see it this year, young. When that man is getting single, there's nobody stopping Grady Jarrett. So when you talk about defensive line, I'm talking Grady Jarrett. Man, he gonna have an excellent season. I promise you. Will? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think that's a a great answer because he's obviously very good. And the key thing here is the size that's been added. Right. Like right. if teams if teams do decide to still dedicate a double team to Grady, like all of those other one on one blocks oh. are going to be really like a handful. Yeah. Um, so Man. that's going to be a, a real like they made that choice as tough as possible. Um, mm -hmm. I have I have very good feelings about Arnold Evicati, um in his his second year. I think that kind of in the way that that Dave was talking about using Bajan in these high leverage moments, I think that that's what they're going to do with. Uh, Arnold Evicati and I at first was a little bit worried when I saw him in that first preseason game like getting snaps into the fourth quarter and then when it happened again against Cincinnati I was like uh-oh like what's what's happening here you're also seeing like Michael Walker you know being released and just and, like these moves that were kind of coming all over the place and I was like is is this something I need to pay attention to after talking to some people, it's basically just like a depth thing. Like they, after Ade Ogundeji went down, like they, the numbers just weren't there. So they really needed um, D'Angelo Malone and uh, Arnold mm -hmm. Evichetti to be playing these, these snaps. And I think if now I've gone full 180 on that, I think that's a great thing. I think that they got a lot of use. Like those are guys that could use those reps in the preseason, get them as many reps as possible. Cause I don't think their workload is going to be huge in the regular season. So I, I don't worry about them being tired and they played well. I, I think that Arnold Evicati's confidence probably ticked up this preseason. So going into the season, you know, surrounded by these veterans, I actually look at, at the younger dude ready to, to kind of step up. And I liked what I saw in year one. So let's even get home a little bit more often in year two. But, mm -hmm. but yeah, I think Arnold Evicati is, is going to be that guy to kind of stand out. Yes, sir. Love it. Dave, Dave. Uh, and before Dave, before you answer, yeah, we we actually saw and against Cincinnati, they decided to double Grady and on Yamada, and Caden Ellis came yep. up the middle, and, and it's going to come from everywhere. Him. Yeah, that's yep. the thing. I mean, yeah, if you if you that's if that's your plan, then good luck because there's going to be a lot, yeah. a lot of you have a lot of issues during that game. Anyway, Dave, go ahead, buddy. Yeah, no, I, I think I don't think it'll be one guy. I think Evacati's the the obvious pick as a player. I liked a lot last year. He was another one of those guys that really got put through it, right? Everybody was like, ah, crap, he stinks. You know, two sacks or whatever on the year. Not everybody, but plenty of people. I, I did see those comments. Um, but I, I think, you know, dealing with an injury, rookie, it's tough to get rolling. I thought I saw a lot of positive things from him anyways. He's a talented dude. I think he'll have plenty of opportunities. I think he'll be terrific. But I also think, you know, D'Angelo Malone should get some chances. 
I think you'll see Calais Campbell lined up on the edge somewhat. I think you'll see Caden Ellis occasionally there. It's mm-hmm. going to be a real team effort. I don't think there is one guy who is like a 10-sack guy on this team this year, mm-hmm. although I would love to see it from Evicetti. Um, I think it's going to be by rotation. I, I think heavily this front is going to generate pressure by putting guys in the best possible situation. So, But he is the guy I think you want to keep an eye on, and I think I agree with Mike that you know Grady Jarrett's going to have a great season. My prediction mm-hmm. is he will once again lead the team in sacks this year, and it will yeah. probably be – Six, seven, eight sacks again. But if they're is that a good thing? Generating more pressure. We say, is that a good thing? (laughs) Yeah. Is that like he's leading the team with sacks and he's got seven? I don't. I don't know, man. Dave, I need more than I need more than that from one guy. I need ten. I would love to tell you there's ten, but I don't see I don't see ten this year from anybody. I hope I'm wrong. Like, please, please hold me to this, but I don't. I don't see it. Got a couple more super chats, Mad Mike. Man, we hey, appreciate Mike, you, buddy. Thank you, man. He said Dave showed on AFN. Love to talk to you, buddy. <laughs> All right. And then Big Boy Brewski. Big What's Boy Brewski, my man. man. Good to what see up? you, brother. And thanks again for the super chat, guys. We appreciate it. Um, all right. So Dave has that, said something. I don't. I like. See, I'm gonna say. Here's what I do on the show. When I when people be talking, sometimes I hear something, and I get so excited. Some of be like, "Damn, I ain't gonna be able to sleep." Cause I'm be thinking about that. And we'll, and what it is was Dave said. Uh, high leverage for Bijan, and I'm just thinking about that. Suppose they gave Tyler, I wasn't thinking about this. So Dave said it. Suppose Tyler get like 60 40, and you do Tyler yeah. the way because it, and then you really save him for high leverage. Like, we need you for this, like, so that way you don't use it. And it's kind of what Tyler does, he's like a volume curve, he, he needs those. And then you do that. I just think, ever since he said, it, I'm thinking, but that probably would be the best way. It's just to do 60 40 with him as high leverage. Like, I don't, mm-hmm. because I don't want like Tyler to drop like under him. I don't think that's right. I, I don't think you do that. I don't think you give him 60 and give Tyler four. I'm not in agreement with that at all. And at all, he got to get the lion's share of, of it, man. I'm sorry. The man has proven himself and he's a durable back. You bring him up for specific things that you do. But I think that you got to run the offense through Tyler. It got to be mainly, he's proven. It's this is in stone. So you got to go through. So I'm, I'm just sitting here thinking what Dave said and say, man, that shit 60, 40, them two. And then is that why they got him? It's like, oh, it's the two head mark. Like we can do what we always wanted to do. Like, is that so that why we got to take this dude? So now I'm just excited. Just sitting here thinking about what Dave said. He said that shit like an hour ago and I've been playing it over <laughs> and over and over in my mind. Like, damn it. If that happened, that's going to be awesome. Well, well, and here's the thing, like, Ideally, right, this is like a supercharged version of Warwick Dunn and TJ Duckett, right? Because you had Warwick Dunn was great, different player, but like late career, you're looking for Bijan to be like your lightning, but even more electricity, right? And Tyler Algier, I think TJ Duckett, God love my fantasy team, loved him. He scored 10 touchdowns all the time, but like (laughs) Tyler Algier is a better back, right? So Mm -hmm. the two of them together in this scheme, like that's that's a scary thought. It is. For everybody else, not for us. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think he'll play the hot hand, and I think he'll, uh, a lot of it will depend on the opponent, too. I mean, you know, of who's yeah. getting the most carries. And later in the later in the game, if we're up, I mean, nobody wants to see Tyler coming at you downhill, yeah. angry. I mean, that's not, no, no defense wants to see that. So, I mean, that's exactly when you want to, that's when you want to the game. Uh, Will said was like scarier when it's like, suppose they change this shit every week per opponent. That's yeah. what they and you don't like it, mm, it's just yeah. no formula that it's that oh, they, oh this is what we do oh it's no formula it's just per opponent 
it, it's a specialized formula per opponent. You would have no clue what to do. <laughs> Mike, I've got good news for you, man. They've already okay. been doing that. Now it's just they're going to have even See, more I, dangerous guys. Yeah. How do you stop that? When you, it, There is no formula. Right. I love I hope it, as they can. Yeah. Y'all got me excited. I love talking because I'm going to be, as soon as it's over, I'm going to just sit here like this. This will be smiling sitting there for I'm gonna tell you, like I'm gonna just minutes. sit here for like half an hour. Like, damn, Mason. I love it, man. Oh man, I'm gonna see. So it's not about Ritter being potentially great or potentially trash. It's about the unknown. 100 supporting DR9, but already put him in savior status. We will still win the NFC South. Yeah, I don't think. I mean, we're definitely not putting him in savior status either. I, I just think we're confident in what he's shown and the ability that he has to lead this particular offense. You know, so I mean, if he becomes the savior, then. Hell yeah, I'm all, we're all for it. But uh, I mean, yeah, like you said, he's got to get out there in the field and, and improve it still. Amelia said, right. uh, "Trust Taylor, please trust Taylor. If you don't trust Desmond, trust Taylor. Trust me." He said, "Millie said uh, he's got my QB as a damn seventy overall, Madden dude. My my kid Liam was so pissed about that. He had him this thing. He was rated the same as Felipe, I think, which is oh. just asinine. Yeah, as quarterback. Yeah, yeah. go figure. That Arthur Smith sense. had a lot of input into that, though, so. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Alberta uh, said, "Please congratulate me because I'm winning." You're talking winning about down. the, <laughs> he talking a lot of smack on that on that uh, fantasy league we got going on, man. Um, all right, so we'll get we'll get close to closing this thing down. I'm sure you guys have to get on soon. Uh, everybody's kind of well, not everybody, but I guess the biggest concern from a lot of folks around the team has been the linebacking position, just in general, like the depth of it. Um, you know. You're gonna not get on Troy. We're all excited about Troy, what he can be, what he could be. Um, do y'all agree or disagree with that as far as the linebackers go? Dave? Um, yeah, Will? Dave. Whatever, whoever. Yeah, it's um my my issue is I actually I like Tay Davis. I think he's a, a really good fourth linebacker. I, I've been talking up Tay Davis, he's one of my guys apparently, uh, all summer. But you know, good special teamer. I think in a pinch he can help you out. Nate Landman look solid during the summer but like the issue is like this isn't in a vacuum it's you've got Caden Ellis who I think can be a really good player he's coming off a really great year that's his only extended action as a starter Troy Anderson is coming into his second year you've seen some growth I think just in the limited time we've seen him but we don't really know and then your depth is is really unproven right like not a ton of defensive snaps in their career you don't really know what you have so to me even more so maybe than wide receiver, which is another position where I, I have some small nightmares about the depth. Um, because you don't have proven starters, because you don't have proven depth, yeah, it's one of those positions I do worry about. You know, if uh, Caden Ellis and Troy Anderson turn out to be great and durable, doesn't matter all that much. Davis and Landman are great special teamers. If that's not the case, I, I have to think they have to go shopping at some point because I, I wouldn't feel great about it. You know, having to start those guys if you had to. Yeah, well, mm -hmm. I'm just picturing now Dave being like, "My toxic trait is that I love Tay Davis." It's... <laughs> Look, hey, man, everybody hey, there hey, needs hey, to be hey, a Kamal Ishmael hey. every year for me. There has to be. Man, that's, he started that's laughing as soon as you said it. He started laughing at you as soon as you said Tay Davis. Yeah, <laughs> um, I got a reputation. I, I think I think we're uh, we're suffering a little bit from kind of just an unknown um situation here where like Caden Ellis was was really good last year yeah it was his one his one year but like it would qualify as a breakout if if he was on your team it just oh, so yeah. happens that he was on New Orleans and so we're not as aware of that but 
if he was still in New Orleans, I guarantee they'd be sitting here saying like he's going to be a really fun player after that breakout. See, like we're really excited to have him back. So I'm kind of taking that mentality. And then you also couple that with the defensive coordinator he's paired with somebody who knows how to use him. And you kind of have a clone of that player next to him and Troy Anderson, like the area of this linebacker core that really concerns me is more the coverage aspects. But then when you look at what they've been doing all throughout the preseason and what the saints have historically done, it's a lot of man coverage. Like, yeah, they change some things up and they get multiple with the zones, but I kind of think that's going to be on like Jesse Bates and the safeties to handle some of that. And I really think that these linebackers are going to be kind of like first and foremost pressure guys on pass plays, because when you play that man coverage, you need to generate that pressure. And so Mm -hmm. if, if the Falcons are going to sit there and put these guys on islands consistently, they're going to want to get some heat on the quarterback. And that's where, you know, we talk about these double teams. Like as soon as maybe they see a double teams happening, that could activate a trigger for either of these linebackers, again, depending on the game plan, depending on the team. But like, I wouldn't be shocked if, if we are really seeing them be a, big part of the pass rush um so we'll we'll see how the coverage goes they're certainly athletic enough um and i you know i'm not if if something goes wrong with troy anderson like i won't be necessarily surprised because we see players like that who have incredible like athletic skills all the time but he is smart he he i think will get it um linebackers just tough position so you know i'm cautiously optimistic but if there is a part of this defense that I would be like the least shocked is kind of the the weakness that interior linebacker spot uh, especially would probably be it. Mm. I do feel better though than when you started talking, Will. So if you can do that for like the backups on the offensive line, that would be great. No, I can't. I, okay. I definitely no. I can't. I hit your no. limit. I'm sorry. I can't. Yeah. No, we didn't even get to the offensive line, and that's you know that's and- too hard. Yeah. I mean, you know, we, we signed Isaiah Prince today. We didn't mention that, you know, from the Broncos, played some time with the Bengals. Um, you know, listen to our friend Aaron today on, on Locked on Falcons. I shot him out. He owes me a, at least uh, like a lunch yeah. or something. I shot him out. Shout out anyway, Aaron, man. But, uh, you know, he was – because he, he said he watched the film on him and uh, wasn't really – he was – I mean, didn't impress him that much more than Josh Miles already – what he did while he was here, but then we go back and bring back Josh Miles uh, after we cut him to the practice squad. So he's back. Um, but yeah, the, the, the depth on the offensive line is definitely, uh, you know, we just knock on wood that none of our guys go down and they have a very healthy season. Cause we, a lot of times Mike and I talked about it before we kind of take Jake Matthews for granted. Sometimes he just shows mm-hmm. up and plays every single game every day yes. all for his entire yeah. career. And, um, you know, we hope that continues. Same thing with, you know, Caleb and, and Lindstrom and, you know, we had Dahlman every, Obviously, Bergeron, we just uh, we let's just not talk about the offensive line depth until we need to talk about the offensive line depth. Just, just yep. mm-hmm. we'll just, we'll just, we'll just talk about it. And a few more questions and we'll wrap this up. King Richie said, Do you see Ryan Nielsen having a breakout year with this defense since he has a better roster? I think Mike, this defense will. is going to be the, the story of the early part of the season. I picked this defense on my pay league for the fantasy side, and that's me putting a lot of faith in this defense. So, yeah, I agree. That man. That is putting a lot of faith. I don't know if Damn I can right. fantasy, but I, I really – I think I'll wait, back it, a lot I'll wait it later. To the 2012 season, I think that was Mike Nolan uh, when he had just, like his first year, and they played a game against Kansas City, and obviously that season would be defined by the offense and Matt Ryan, but they beat Kansas City like 48 to 24, and they had like five interceptions in that game. And I was just 
remember thinking like, man, this defense is totally different, totally changed. I would not be shocked at all if if this team starts out of the gates in its first four games, it's allowing on average like 20.3 points a game. Like, mm-hmm. I, I think that that's going to be absolutely in play. And then we'll see where it goes from there once we have to start getting into this depth that comes with a long season. But I think the defense is better positioned to weather some of that stuff than the offense. So, yeah, I expect this defense to be to be pretty good. Uh, I'm, I'm optimistic. Dave. Yeah, I, I got to shout out the uh, the Chiefs game you mentioned there because that was our our Falcoholic Facebook header for years. Was Warren Sapp saying the Chiefs were going to win like thirty five nothing? We had some fun with that one. I love yeah. that. Um, but I, I mostly agree. You know, I don't know if it's going to be a great defense, but I think Ryan Nielsen wants to be aggressive. He wants to punch you in the mouth and take the ball away from you. And I think the personnel is suited for that, and I think. You know more so than poor DMPs over the last couple of years. Certainly, uh, before that, this this defense has the talent to do what they want, impose their will. So I, I think, you know, maybe there's not, aside from Jesse Bates and Grady Jarrett, maybe there's not a ton of elite guys here, AJ Terrell. But I think as a whole and as a cohesive piece, a well-coached piece, it's going to be a good defense. So I'm looking forward to seeing it. So I gotta, I have to ask y'all this: Do y'all think? Dean Pease would do a great job with this roster, or are you glad he kind of gone and with this roster? Or you think he would if Dean Pease had this roster, or you think nah, it's about time? I don't think Dean Pease would have this roster. I got you. See, oh, that, hey, that's a good one, Will. Very true. Very true. Hey, yeah, that's a good one, Will. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Well, Mike, did you uh, you have anything to comment on that on Nielsen defense this year? Uh, we going undefeated and going to the Super Bowl. I'm gonna keep saying that. I, that's yeah, that's, that's my comment. Got yeah. shout out real quick. I shout out Larry on Dixon Way, man. My man, Larry. Uh, <laughs> yeah, man. I can't wait for this Braves dog. It's gonna be a hell of a series, man. I cannot wait to get it started tonight too. And make sure if y'all ever want to watch the games uh, with Larry and his wife, or just Larry, uh, go over the Dixon Way channel and they actually live stream all the games, do commentary. Mm-hmm. It's hilarious. It's awesome. And he does it for Falcons, does it Braves, Hawks, you know, you name it. It's it's it's, uh, it's great, uh, great content, man. Um, Big John Higgins, what's going on, man? Good to see Big you, Big John. Hopefully, hopefully, said Troy may break hopefully, out this year. Hopefully. Hope so, man. Troy Hope will so, break man. out. Trust me. Kiki said, "Hey, look at all the content creators here tonight. Gotta love it. Oh, absolutely. It's been it's yeah. been awesome. It's been it's been great. Um, yeah. So, last thing from me, um, record guys. I mean, what are we what are we thinking record wise here? I know Mike, you already seventeen and Super Bowl. Oh, you I'm already playing. know. Okay. I know. I'm even asking you. I know what it is. You know what uh, I was coming with. So, so Dave, what do you – well, and, and you can preface it with saying, okay, if four – I don't know, say we go 11 and 6, 12 and 5, something like that. Um, what what needs to happen? Is there any one thing that needs to happen, or is, this a, is it just a combination of, like, everything we've talked about just kind of coming together and, and meshing? Or is there one particular thing that would stand out to you for us to have that type of record? Yeah, I've got them down for for 10 and 7, so flip of the last two years. I think that's very, very well within reach. I think 11 or 12 wins. Worse, Dave? Dave, come on, wait a minute. (laughs) Quote from How we get worse? Dave, how? Not uh, 16 and 1. Is that better? I I can go that high. That's good. Um, good. Okay. You you think 10 wins, Dave? That's the ceiling. It's like 10. I don't think the ceiling is 10. 10. I think the ceiling is like 12, 13. If if everything breaks right, you can win 12 or 13 games with this roster, with this coaching staff. I I think 
things don't always break right, right? And like this team overachieved, I think certainly in 2021, they're probably right about where they should have been a year ago. Um, but I think where they'll end up, you know, there'll be a couple injuries. There'll be a couple of rough efforts. There'll be some things we don't expect. I still think this team, it's not maybe their hard floor, but I do think, you know, winning 10 games is extremely attainable, even if some things go wrong. So that's, that's where I'm landing. I think it's 10 games. And I absolutely hope that, you know, New Orleans is one game behind them. They lose both games. So like I, I want it to unfold like a storybook, right? I, I think 10 wins very well might win the NFC South too. So, yeah. but to answer your question, John, like I just think things have to go reasonably well to get there. I really do. Like if Ritter turns out to be terrific, they're winning more than 10 games. If the defense yeah. is fantastic, you know, somebody has a breakout year, um, then they probably win more than 10 games. So that that's, it's not their floor, but it's it's the floor of their winning ways. I don't know. I, too late for me to put that better than that, but I'll work on it. Okay, I'll do it. <laughs> thank you, man. Mike, appreciate it, buddy. Yeah, thank Will, what you say, man? Will. Yeah, no, I I like what Dave said there at, at the end about like, look, if everything best case scenario, right? Because sometimes you got to evaluate the evaluators, and uh, we are a pessimistic, beaten down bunch, and uh, it's okay sometimes to say, look, what if Desmond Ritter comes out here and plays like Brock Purdy did for the first like several games of his career, yeah. you know, like what if he comes <laughs> yeah. out and we're sitting here talking about, wow. All right. No, it's, it's not Kenny Pickett. It's Desmond Ritter or this defense mm-hmm. is starting to light it up. And you've got, you know, 13 sacks in your first three games. Like it is okay to think about the, the kind of most optimistic viewpoint. And I'm shocked that I'm actually more optimistic than Dave. I've got them going 11 and six. Um, but I, I think that there's a sneaky chance that this, this Falcons team is like last year's Vikings team and that they end up at that, like 13 and four, 14 and three. And people are looking at them like, man, what is happening? How are the Falcons here? Because if they stay healthy and the, and the best case, not even the best case, but like, a few things break the right way. You know, Troy Anderson is an above average inside linebacker in year two. You know, you get one of these young pass rushers. Matthew Bergeron is like a pro bowl caliber, you know, like something, one of those things is significantly puts you beyond that double digit win mark, because I, I think this is an easy schedule. I think the coaching staff is really, really trustworthy. And yeah, I, I think we've been for a lot of valid reasons, you know, the unknown at quarterback, you know, the the lackluster record of the last two seasons. But I don't want to forget how it felt in each game. And the Falcons were in each game last year when they really shouldn't they have were. been. And this year, the they paper were. is much more on paper. The talent is much more equivalent. So I think that they're going to be better than even what we're thinking, because we have a tendency to just kind of say, OK, well, what's a safe number? <laughs> I, with this with this team, I think it's okay to say, well, maybe they're better than the safe number because the improvement they made is in multiple areas, and they just need a couple of those improvements to really take hold. And then we're we're you know, as they like say in Arrested Development, Carl Weathers, you know, baby, now you got a stew going, right? That's that's <laughs> what they need. They just need one or two of these things. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah, hundred percent. And it's, you're you're right. You see a lot of folks with a little bit of apprehension because, especially folks of a certain age who have been through a lot, you know, ups and downs with the team over the years. So yeah, you you a lot of folks just like waiting, like yeah, this is great, but you know, we're waiting for the shoe to drop. Like what's when? What's when's you know when's this going to happen? So 
I get it, but I'll, I'll just I'll just keep one upping. I'll be and I'm I'm normally more Michael tell you I'm normally more kind of even kill. Um, yeah. But I'll, I'll, I'll say yeah. twelve. I'll say I'll say twelve and five. I'll say twelve and five, and yeah. uh, I'll, I'll be on the on the on the optimistic side that you know Ritter is better than just average, and we do pull off a few more games. And saying that, well, you know, I've we, never picked us losing on this show. Like that's we go week to week, and we choose if we gonna win or lose. Like yeah. we have to predict. And I pick a W every time. I, I'm not picking us to lose. I just don't. I, I I agree with y'all, but I in the way I'm thinking, it's all gonna break right. <laughs> like I'm thinking it's gonna break right, and we break records. And yeah, man, Matt Ryan gonna come back and get hurt. I mean, somebody gonna get hurt. He gonna have to come in and he gonna win the Super Bowl. In my mind, it's gonna be an amazing, amazing year, man. I can't wait. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, uh, I, I, that's that's what we're hoping for. Everything breaks the right way. Everything turns out the way we want it to. Uh, I do think, you know, one of the games we probably lose will probably be one we shouldn't have. I mean, it happens every year. We, yeah. we'll beat a team yeah. we probably shouldn't yeah. have beat, and we lose to a team we probably shouldn't have lost to. Um, mm-hmm. Just the NFL is how it happens. But, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm optimistic. Um, and saying that, like Mike says, we do on our prediction show every every week, our preview show, we do predictions. And I'll, I'm saying we're going to lose five games. I'll still predict us to win every game. I'm guarantee it's probably going to happen i'll figure out a way to do that but it's okay um and like lisa said miles garrett said it's falcons fans don't be afraid to be optimistic yeah so yeah yep. i mean jump on board damn it and um mm-hmm. and shout out to one time for the fan also in the chat jack here man uh a couple of great shows every week they're also out there yes. doing it for you guys um so yeah man we'll uh we'll close it down y'all been here an hour over an hour and a half through all yep. sorts of internet issues to begin the show so we appreciate y'all being yes. patient with that as we all had our own individual issue going yes. on um but uh we'll start with you buddy man plug your podcast and what, anything you got going on man yeah um so you guys can follow me on twitter at will mcfadden uh check out all of my great written content over at the falcolic along with everybody's excellent work over there um so once my laptop gets up and running uh, i'll get i'll get another piece in there <laughs> to you dave um uh, the podcast, Believe in Falcons. Uh, Ovi will be back with me on Sundays after each game this season. Uh, Ovi Mahaley, for those you know who aren't, uh, I guess, know him by a first name basis, but you all should. I mean, there's only one of you. Should. Um, should. Yeah. And yeah. so either running backs. Go ahead, either tomorrow or Monday, uh, the next episode will be up. It's with Nate Tice of the Athletic Football Show. Um, all season long, if you guys listen to that podcast as well, which I would highly recommend, he has been fascinated by what the Falcons have been doing, uh, specifically offensively. So just wanted to pick his brain on that, on all of that. And he does the best job of anybody I've ever heard kind of explaining in, in simple terms, why this offense is so unique and complicated and fun. So check that out. Um, but that will be coming tomorrow or Monday. Love it. Dave, man. Everybody knows you, the Falcoholic, but you still go yeah. plug it anyway. Yeah, yeah. So check out the Falcoholic <laughs> if you've never been there before. It's, it's a fun place to go. Will's there Absolutely. a lot. Um, and, and do check out Will's work. But I, I think, you know, what have we got coming up? It, it's all going to be Panthers very shortly. So mm-hmm. preview, we'll talk to Cat Scratch Reader, our, our Panthers blog. Um, fun bunch of guys over there, even if we hate them this week. Um, and we'll have a lot of great preview content going to roll through the roster a little bit more. So excited to, to get the season started. I, I'm reeling a little bit that I somehow is the most pessimistic person here. <laughs> That's never happened to me before. Without the to, I don't know what I, I'm still like. Uh, you, you're going to have to do win. some. 
You have to do some reflection. It's going to be a great year. Yeah, like, say, you, you're going to have to do some reflection. <laughs> you, have to, you have to sit by yourself somewhere in your bedroom in a corner and just think about everything that you've said. Well, yeah, I got four corners. I'll choose one. That's yeah. that's my bad. Sorry, guys. Um, but yeah, yeah, definitely come check us out. And then uh, game day, of course, we'll uh, we'll all be there. So we're excited. Yeah, man. Uh, well, I guess it's been great having you guys on. We'll definitely have you back on if you'll come on, of course. And uh, we seem to, Dave, we seem to have you on like literally at the beginning, middle and end of every season. I don't know. It just kind of ends. It kind of just happens that way. But so we'll probably see you sometime. Maybe, I don't know, like November, December, somewhere around there. Um, But uh, yeah. Let me Um, say this real quick, man. Uh, Thank you guys for being on the show. And I always have to say this. Uh, man, y'all are like, man, rock stars to us. We we like admire y'all and we look up to y'all. So it's like awesome when when I have y'all on the show like this and y'all like humble and like fun. It's not it's not stiff. Like y'all are awesome people. It's every time you come on, it like Dave and Will. Like it's just fun, man. I, I like that y'all don't take it too serious and you know how to come on and have a great time. I always have a great time with Dave, man. And it was awesome with you this time, Will. I hope you can come back, man. I can feel your passion through the fucking laptop man and i love you buddy so i just want to thank y'all for always coming on and having and and just being able to be silly and have fun with us man because that's the most important thing we have a good time and it was fucking awesome so thank you guys for real man it was so nice mike yeah Yeah. thank you thank you so much no he's telling the truth man i mean we we started this just for the hell of it to figure out like have some fun you know Mm -hmm. we've obviously read the falcoholic for years like read your work will listen to you Mm -hmm. for years and so yeah this just very awesome that y'all come on man it's great yeah. and uh obviously we had a shit ton of folks tonight watching it so it was really cool to for everybody to come through if you're still here we appreciate you guys for hanging out with us for like i said an hour and 40 minutes and putting up with some of the issues that we had um but yeah so you can catch me and mike and myself uh every week thursday evening 7 30 previewing the show coming up or previewing the game coming up uh for the weekend so yeah we'll be back next thursday previewing the panthers game cannot wait to get into it uh and then i don't know if we have practice next Sunday or not. So we may have to, we'll figure it out. We'll, we'll recap the show, uh, the recap the game. I keep saying the show. We'll recap the game sometime after uh, after the that on Sunday. Um, but you guys can follow us on Twitter at Out of Your F and Mind. We do a lot of tweeting during the games, sometimes emotionally charged. So you'll have to, <laughs> you know, forgive us if that happens. But, you know, it's, we're, we're fans, so it happens. Um, but, uh, and then, of course, you can, if you haven't already subscribed, we really appreciate this. Uh, if you hit the subscribe button here on YouTube and hit the like button for us again so we can get out to more Falcons fans in the community and uh, just keep the support flowing. And of course, iTunes, Spotify can drop us a five star review. And like I said, at the beginning of the show, uh, our merch, bonfire.com backslash out of your Falcon mind. We've got the uh, our regular shirts there with. Uh, our, our logo on it. We've got the who threw that shirts, which have been doing pretty good. We thought what the hell with we'll those out there, they've been doing really well. So that was good. Um, and then we added one just recently for the uh, Alzheimer's research. Uh, it's a purple shirt with our logo on it. So again, all the proceeds or half the proceeds will go toward Alzheimer's uh, research and everything. So it, guys, again, we appreciate you all for ha- coming on tonight, talking yeah. some preview with us and uh, make sure you guys that are listening and watching Listen to Believe in Falcons with Will, uh, with Will every week, as we do, and tune into the Falcoholic, Kevin Knight, when he does his uh, streams during the week. They're great. Uh, anything mm-hmm. they have going on with Falcoholic, man, y'all have to be uh, tuned into that. So, again, guys, we appreciate you all. We love you, dude. Thank you. 
And as soon as I find the outro video, there it is. <laughs> Guys, we will see you next week. Have a great weekend, and we will catch you later. Mike, take us out. Out of your Pokemon. Peace.